Welcome to another edition of Wrestling With Myself. I am your ever-humble host, Chris, and today I am celebrating uh, the debut of Season 3 of Wrestling With Myself. I am so, so excited. Uh, I'm excited for everyone that has been along for this journey. Uh, new ones, old ones, it doesn't matter. I am so excited for this. Um, I'm hoping to do longer episodes each week. Uh, but we'll go from there, right? Um, let's do some news and notes real fast, just because I feel like one of the bigger ones is something that we needed to discuss, which is the fact that, uh, the wrestler Draws passed away. Uh, if you are a older wrestling fan, you, you remember Draws. He was in the mid-90s, early 2000s. He was, um. Or infamously, he was in the documentary uh, Beyond the Mat, which kind of was the uh, which was the turning point for him. He was uh, he was someone that if you watch, uh, he could puke on cue, and that was kind of like his uh, his gimmick for a while, which really kind of sucked. I mean, it sucked for him, I mean, just because Vince saw it, so he's like, oh, God damn it, we'll, we'll have you do that every goddamn time. You know, like, it's just, it, it was terrible. Um, didn't really have a very long career. Uh, I think he was only in WWE for a couple of years, and then he had that really bad uh, freak accident with uh, D'Lo Brown. Uh, D'Lo Brown was, D'Lo Brown has said, many a time that it was a freak accident he that he, uh, they had been practicing that particular move for a very almost every day because they were in the middle of a feud at the time for the European title uh, you know it, it just really sucks you know uh, for any type of wrestling fan when you lose another wrestler uh, so, thoughts and prayers go out to his uh, friends and family in the wrestling community. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about, which is the the ever growing uh, uh, the ever growing nuisance that is Vince and Kennedy McMahon as far as going into and fixing rewriting shit for. Uh, Raw and SmackDown. Uh, as you know, last, not this Friday, but the Friday before, they had, he completely changed the entire episode. He was, a, um, for instance, LA Knight was supposed to be in a three, it was supposed to be in a triple threat match with um, uh, two of the two of the people uh, in the Money in the Bank match, and he wound up just having a singles match with Rey Mysterio. Uh, Bailey versus Shotzi never even happened. You know, just different little things, and he, you know, and he's been famous for doing it because, on a whim, he just kind of like, oh, I don't feel like having that particular match, or that just doesn't make any sense, you know. Uh, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, we have to really wait until 
SummerSlam to see if his authority continues to grow just because I feel like um, once the merger had happened around WrestleMania time, Vince would come back. Vince came back and he completely ruined the Raw after WrestleMania, which is considered to be one of the best episodes. Um, but, you, you know, you just never know. We don't know when that other shoe is going to drop as far as the losses and all that stuff's going to happen, you know. So there's that. Um, let's get into the Money in the Bank. Let's talk about it. I think Money in the Bank was probably one of the better pay-per-views in a while. It had a lot of awesome action, great everything, just amazing. I didn't do a pre-show because I lost it. And I didn't realize it until last minute. So there's that. Uh, but from going forward, as you all know, I usually do a pre and a post uh, in this. Um, first match of the night was the men's Money in the Bank match. I had, I kind of thought one of two guys were going to win, LA Knight or or uh, Damian Priest. Uh, early on in the match, it really kind of looked like it was going to be LA Knight because uh, Damian Priest was taking a lot of the bumps, a lot of the more physical bumps to begin with. So I thought, oh, well, LA Knight will win, and then, you know, we'll more than likely uh, cash in uh, at a later date when, when all the Judgment Day stops. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, Ricochet is probably one of the better uh, flyers, if you will. The guy can do a lot of great things in midair. And the way that he did that move with Logan Paul towards the end of the match when uh, he went, when they both went through the table... Because he's on the second rope as he grabs Logan Paul. And when he grabs him, he kind of slips, if you notice. But he was able, he had enough wherewithal in him to realize that. And he tried to move his legs up. But when he realized he didn't have enough trajectory from the bounce, he just kind of curled. And he kind of just rolled into another position so that he could land safely. Just a great performer, awesome, uh, awesome move. Uh, I always like it when they have different, uh, when they do different things like that, especially when it comes to like, uh, when they're in the midair. Um, I said it before, uh, when Eddie Guerrero uh, get, com comes off the top rope to do the frog splash against uh, Brock Lesnar, at No Way Out when he wins the title, he jumps and kind of like turns his body in a different way so that he can land safely on Brock. It is one of the coolest uh, uh, moments in that particular match. Uh, Butch was really, really good. Uh, 
you know, very strong, you know, just another guy that's really, really strong, uh, just someone that is willing to take a lot of the bumps, and he was really, really good. Uh, Logan Paul, per usual, every time he's actually wrestled, he's looked great. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, again, looked really, really good. Everyone in that match looked really, really good, and it was a really good match. Uh, but as we all know, Damian Priest wins. I Again, I kind of figured that was going to happen, but it was still really, really cool to see him win. So he's now Senor Money in the Bank. Uh, the next match I for totally forgot was even going to happen, which was the women's tag team match between um, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler versus uh, Ra Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. Uh, the way they, the way the, that match looked towards the beginning, it looked exactly like I thought it was going to, which I, I, I honestly felt like was going to happen, which was that they were just going to run right through them and then possibly live turns on Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, but that's not what happened. You know, um, the match looked really, really, the match looked really, really good. Um, I hate seeing Liv Morgan in pain because of the way that she's had to wrestle against Ronda Rousey. Uh, one thing I do know, I do like the fact that Shayna Baszler is the one that turned on Ronda Rousey. I thought that was a really freaking cool moment because Liv Morgan was in, looked like she was in pain. And she's holding her arm and she's like, you can see that she just has this fear in her eyes. Like, shit, I'm about ready. I'm going to lose my freaking arm. And all of a sudden, Shayna Baszler just hits Ronda Rousey with that, uh, uh, with that forearm. And then just starts beating the crap out of her. And it was just so funny because Liv Morgan goes from this fear in her eye to just shock. And as they show her face, you see the fans' reaction. And the fans' reaction is gone from, shit, Liv, get the fuck out of the ring, to all of a sudden, like, oh my god, Liv has a chance. And it was a really cool, I, I really liked the way that they did that in, the, uh, in there, just because it was really kind of funny. Uh, Shayna walks out, uh, Liv Morgan tags in Raquel, Raquel does a couple of uh, uh, body slams, tags in Liv Morgan, Liv Morgan does her finisher, one, two, three, and Liv and Raquel are, are, still, are our new women's tag team champions. Uh, I was I'm really kind of excited about it just because now we're actually going to get Ronda versus Shayna at SummerSlam. That's going to be a good match. You get the two of them away from the tag team division, and you allow Liv and Raquel hold on to the titles for a couple, and let them kind of reestablish. And when I say reestablish, I mean like let them have the titles, and then. Try and start fixing 
the other tag teams. Get other tag teams that are actual tag teams. So there's that. The next match I want to talk about was a match that I was very, very shocked on how good it was. And that was the Gunther, uh, the Gunther versus Matt Riddle match. Uh, Matt Riddle, a lot of people keep forgetting, and, and, I, and I'm guilty of it just as much as anyone else. This guy can actually strike with the best of them. He has that MMA uh, background, so he can go toe-to-toe. And he looked really, really good doing it. And one of the things I thought that was really kind of cool was in a in most times a Gunther match, you the opponent is the one that's got the the chest that's completely red. But Gunther's chest looked bad. Like his chest looked pretty red at the end of that match just because of how many strikes Matt Riddle hit him with on with the with his uh, legs. It was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like the fact that Gunther, uh, in many ways, kind of wasn't really expecting much of a match against him. And so he had to dig deep to get the win, which I thought was kind of cool. I really like uh, Gunther as a tag, as a uh, Intercontinental Champion. I think he's really, really good for that particular belt and when he finally uh, decides to when they finally decide to have him relinquish the title he's going to be amazing to come after that world title because that's going to be really really good Um, and then we got our first real surprise of the night all of a sudden Drew McIntyre comes back Now, I know a lot of people kept saying that Drew was going to possibly come back, but that was that was kind of like the minority of wrestling Twitter, wrestling uh, the wrestling community, because most of everyone else had said that Drew McIntyre is not going to come back until he has a new contract. He's not going to come back. Now, because you had also been hurt, you had also been hearing that if he was going to come back, he was going to come back as a heel. And I was really kind of expecting him to kind of just put his hand up, put his arm around Gunther, and kind of be like, okay, I'm going to be with you. You know what I mean? But no, he, you know... Drew McIntyre, of course, he looks like a fucking million bucks. He he just has that aura about him that just screams, there's a champion, you know? And uh, he uh, claymores Gunther, and Gunther goes down for the count. And we got, and then we get Drew McIntyre kind of just coming out and being like, I won. What are you gonna do about it? You know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm coming after your intercontinental title. So that was really kind of cool. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I, it was again one of those moments where you're kind of like, okay, you know, like, all right. Uh, the next match uh, was a match that 
I completely thought something totally different was going to happen. I did not think... I wasn't expecting uh, Cody to come out looking good in this match just because I, I felt like Cody was going to get attacked by by Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar would just come in and be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to F5 you a couple of times and then let uh, Dom pin you and let Dom Mysterio win this match and then F5 him just for, just for good measure. Uh, but again really good match again the crowd was amazing the crowd sang his entire uh cody rhodes's uh theme song it was just amazing just an amazing uh see it's really interesting when you see when when wwe goes uh abroad for the first time in forever and they just the the crowd just goes for it Look at what happened after WrestleMania. You go to you, you go to Puerto Rico. That crowd was so on fire. It also helps when you have uh, it also helps when you have international superstar Bad Bunny, but they were already clamoring for it. Uh, again, Cody looked really good. Uh, Dom, I, I, I'm okay with him being scared. I'm okay with him looking scared and not wanting to fight and hiding behind Rhea Ripley. But he has to, they gotta work on him because I get kind of tired of it. Now, I know I'm in the minority of it, and I know that, and I know that I'm not the target audience. Lord knows I'm not the target audience. But still, like, come on, like, let's get something different in here, you know? Uh, again, great match. Uh, only took one crossroads, which I kind of figured. Um, I like the fact that he tried to do the three amigos and could only do one, and Cody reversed it and picked him up and carried him for a couple before dropping him. It was a really cool match. I really thought that when when uh, Dominic ran to the ran to the uh, the uh, the entrance, that's when Brock was going to come out and uh, attack Cody. And then again, when Dominic came into the crowd, again I thought like Brock would be like sitting there and just attack him. But all in all, pretty good match. I wasn't, I wasn't completely in one of those like, eh, you know, like I, I was, I was what I got what I expected, you know. Besides Brock, uh, and then we had the women's Money in the Bank match, and I'm telling you right now, I really liked the women's Money in the Bank match. Uh, the one thing that I... The one thing I was afraid of to happen 
happened at the beginning when that was that there were two sets of teammates in there in EO and Bailey and Zoe and Trish. So they were kind of able just to double team Becky and Zelina. And can I just say this real fast? Zelina Vega has changed the way she's wrestling. She looks great, and she's putting in the fucking hard work in there. She's doing amazing things right now, and I'm really proud of her. I mean, I'm pretty sure she's staying, you know, she's staying up, and I'm like, oh God, I hope someone in the, po- in the podcast universe really likes me. No, she's doing really, really good, and she looks like a million bucks, you know. I'm really proud of her. I really like her. I really like her and her husband, Malachi Black. But they, she looked really, really good in that match. Um, they put, um, Zoe tries to put the handcuffs on Becky. And I kept thinking, oh, what they're going to do is Becky is going to uh, put the handcuffs on either her or uh, either on Trish or Zoe with her so that it eliminates at least the two of them and then basically kind of like, you know, do their own thing. And then uh, I kept thinking, okay, well, she, her, Becky is already on, so it's not like she can, like, do a magic trick and just put it on someone else. And then... Bailey kind of uh, screws over EO, which I thought was kind of cool, which I kind of figured was going to happen, um, just because I think EO is going to probably uh, turn into a, a into a face, and then um, and then like Bailey's uh, um, Becky's arm is in between, and then like Bailey tries to grab her arm so that she can just lock her into one position. And Eo just is like, okay, well, guess what? You, you screwed me over and I'm going to screw you over. And she handcuffs the two of them together uh, towards the middle of the whole thing. And then she just jump, and then she just starts climbing and she climbs over uh, Bailey. I thought that was such a funny moment because of the fact that it was like, well, you screwed me over, now I'm going to screw you over. And I just thought it was kind of cool. And so all of a sudden, EO is Miss Money in the Bank, and we all kind of figure where she's going with that. Um, I really thought Oscar. I really thought Oscar versus Charlotte was going to happen. Uh, it's probably going to be at SummerSlam. Whichever. Doesn't really matter anymore. Um, I'm, I'm just going everywhere, aren't I? Um, and, then we find, and then we get John Cena. John Cena comes out, and I thought it was really kind of cool because John Cena comes out and basically says thank you to uh, the London crowd, basically is telling them that, you know, a, a lot of people back there forget about you. And he starts launching... He, he launches WrestleMania in London. And I have heard 
on multiple occasions that that Vince is okay with him, with them doing the lower tier pay-per-views outside of America. It's the it's the major three or four that he's not interested in putting in. Um, but I do think that London could possibly get a WrestleMania. Not this year. Not next year, but probably by 42. I'm going to guess by WrestleMania 42 or 43, we're going to finally have one outside the States. But, again, that's just my opinion. Uh, you know, he's talking about the, he's talking about how the fans are the best out here. He's really excited. Everyone's clamoring for it. Everyone's loving it. And then Grayson Waller comes out, and he starts talking about how, well, you don't want London. London sucks. In Australia, and then John Cena, you know, kind of does his own thing, and then Grayson Waller finally attacks uh, John Cena, and then John Cena does an F five, and that was it. But it was really cool. I really liked the fact that John Cena came out. I was like, why is he? Why is he? You know, I'm like, oh, okay, like I understand that, but why is he out here? You know. But it was cool. I really liked it. Uh, ton of surprises. Uh, and then we get uh, Finn Balor versus Seth freaking Rollins. Now, I know I said this last week, but my honest opinion was that was that Finn Balor was gonna lose. And that he was going to soften Rollins up just enough so that uh, if if um, Damian Priest won, that he could come out and uh, turn in his uh, briefcase and win the title. And at first, I really thought that was going to happen. You know, like you know, you see the kinetic tape on the on the ribs and everything selling the. That his ribs are really messed up and everything, and he's just selling it like a million bucks. And Finn Balor looks like a million bucks as well. You know, he just is—he's gone—he's gone a little crazy, if you will. But he looks really good, and he looked—and he was selling the fact that you know, he, you could just tell he did not look right in the head. But it was a great match, and. Uh, and then Damian Priest comes out, and at first I'm like, oh my god. Like, in my head, I'm like, fuck, I was right. Like, shit, is WWE actually listening to me? Because if so, you know, throw a little money my way. <laughs> uh, but I digress. And then all of a sudden, he just comes out, and um, Seth Rollins kind of just starts looking at him and like laughs. Like, oh, you want me? Like, come on, let's go. And then he grabs a chair, and at first it's like, oh my god, like, is he going to actually like hit him and, and then cash him? And he just sits down. And so it's like, okay, like, he's just biding his time. And, and then Finn Balor looks like he's going to win this freaking match. And I was, like, completely shocked. I'm like, shit, is Finn Balor going to actually win this thing? Like, that'd be really cool. It'd be a really cool kind of story that, you know, you get screwed over seven years ago when you win it. 
and you hold on to the title for 22 hours and then have to relinquish it because your your arm's falling off. And then he looks like he's about ready to do uh, uh, the missile drop on the ribs, and then Damian Priest stands up, and Damian Priest starts looking at at uh, at Damian Priest, and then Seth Rollins uh, is able to take advantage, hit the hit hit a pedigree, and then wins it, and then uh, Damian Priest and Finn argue as Seth Rollins walks away with the title. Um, I thought that was really good. Like I said, great match. And then we finally get the match of the night. The the Bloodline Civil War. Jimmy and Jay Uso, the top three tag team of all time, versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sakura. And this match did everything I was not expecting it to do. And that was hit every stinking mark and do it well. Okay? Now, you get, you get Solo versus, you get Solo versus uh, Jimmy to start the match. And Solo just shows off his his power, the power that he has, and he's just like, like, come on, big brother, let's go, you know. And again, I I have nothing but the highest of hopes for Solo Sokoa as a solo act. I seriously do. I think that this guy could be the next great. Samoan wrestler. I really do. I I seriously think that Rikishi probably has a factory of great wrestlers in his in his house. You know, because they've even they've even said that there's one more brother. I th- I think there's one more brother that's in MLW and then I think cuz they're saying that Umaga's son could be coming soon. That Umaga son might be signing up. And and as you know, okay, yeah, Jimmy's had some issues. Jimmy's had some problems with uh, with uh, with the alcohol and driving under the influence. Okay, look, I'm not saying that, but other than that, like you haven't heard a fucking bad thing about any of them. They are a good freaking family. But I digress. The match was really, really good. And then Roman demands to get to get uh, tagged in. And Solo just gives him this look. And, so, and Solo doesn't want to tag in. And you start seeing like Solo finally getting... Solo having uh, thoughts in his head, and what I mean is that he's not thinking as as the enforcer. He's thinking for himself, and it was really, really kind of cool. And the whole match was just great. 
you know, the Usos just can't get a break. And the Usos are, every time, it looks like they might get a, get themselves just enough of an advantage. And then, you know, Roman and, and Solo kind of uh, blow the candle out like, no. And, and again, it was so good, you know, um, match psychology is what it is and it was so good and then we get to a point where it's the four of them and they're all standing up and the Usos look good because they're they, they finally look like they finally have like this this spark like okay we, we know we can do this we just have to take it minute by minute and uh, Roman needs help up because he had just eaten a couple of um, super kicks and they just start brawling and it and it, it was really really good and then uh, well, before they even match they show a a tweet from Roman Reigns saying that he was going to do what he did at WrestleMania a couple years when he stacked Edge and Daniel Bryan to win. And they, uh, I, even before that, I, th I think just before uh, he tries to stack them, they do a they do a double finisher where Solo hits the Samoan spike and Roman hits him with a spear and it's like oh my goodness that was so devastating like what just happened and then they just kick out and then when he and then they they stack the Usos and Roman just looks as pleased as punch like I told you I was going to do this I told you and then they both at two and a half just put one arm up and Solo looks shocked Roman looks shocked but when you look at Paul Heyman Paul Heyman's look was that of they're gonna win there's no way he has this look and maybe I'm reading too much into it and if I am I more than likely am but his look looks like we can't beat these guys and that's what was going on The finish was amazing because after they stack them, Roman is in a state of utter shock. He doesn't know what to fucking do. And all of a sudden, Solo comes in and just starts beating the hell out of Jimmy. And all of a sudden, just as... Just as 
he sees him hitting Jimmy, all of a sudden he, he it snaps. Like, okay, I know what we need to do. And so he throws Jimmy in into outside. And he tells him, destroy him. And all of a sudden, like, Solo has been granted, like, Solo looks as if he's been granted an unconditional release from prison. Because now he's allowed to do what he does best. And he, and he clears off the announce table. And he has Jimmy on half the, the announce table. And Solo gets up on top of the guardrail. And he's there. And then all of a sudden, he just does that primal scream and just dives. And the camera looked really, really good because they were so focused on Solo you don't realize Jimmy gets out of the way until the very last second. So when he splashes, you think that he got Jimmy. Well, Jimmy's out of the way. And then Roman just has this look of like, well, I'm fucked. I am completely fucked. And then they they hit him with a couple of super kicks they hit him with the 1d he kicks out at two and then they do the frog splash and i'm like holy shit he's gonna they're gonna actually fucking win and it's one two and just before three, I really, I honestly thought that Roman was going to put his shoulder up and just be defiant. And instead, three. And all of a sudden, Roman, for the first time in three plus years, has been pinned. And everyone's just shocked. Everyone's just like, Paul Heyman is aghast. Paul Heyman looks like he just crapped himself. Like the big dog is actually not invincible. He can bleed and he can lose. And so. we now kind of know I mean we kind of figure that that uh, Jay will probably take on Roman for the title which I think is going to be a great match um, we're also going to get Drew versus Gunther uh, we're also probably going to get Rome, uh, we're also probably going to get uh, Cody versus Brock That'll happen on Monday, probably. But all in all, out of five stars, I'd probably give it four and a quarter stars. It's just an all-around great match. Um, that's going to be it for me this week. Uh, next week, we will start discussing SummerSlams. Uh, more than likely, we will... 
I don't know. I'll probably rewatch an old pay-per-view, uh, an old one probably before SummerSlam. Um, but probably next week will probably be a lot of news and notes, what's going on. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of whether or not Drew McIntyre actually signed himself a brand new deal or not. So until then, I will talk to you all later. Good.